You're listening to Central Time here on the Ideas Network. I'm Rob Ferret. Coming up, we talk to Wisconsin State Public Defender Kelly Thompson before she leaves her post next week. Now it's the Wisconsin Public Radio Fall Member Drive. Rob Ferret here with Jill Nadeau. You rely on, on WPR for informative, interesting conversations. We rely on you to keep programs like this one going strong into the future. We do because listener support is the largest source of funding for WPR programs. So that's why your gift of any amount right now makes an important difference. WPR.org or 888-202-2552 is where you need to go. Make an even greater impact when you give right now. $15,000 will be released when 500 people, including you, make a gift in support of WPR programs by end of day tomorrow. That's right. A group of generous members have created this challenge to inspire your support of the programs that you and your entire community rely on. Let's meet this challenge. Your gift of any amount now makes a difference at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And I'll bet you enjoy listening to Wisconsin Public Radio radio in part because, well, we're commercial free, and that means that we depend on other sources of funding. So state, federal, and business sponsors are very important. And there's another source that's very important, too. The largest piece of funding for WPR programs comes from you. Your support makes all the difference. It's the backbone of how things work here. When you give, you keep quality, independent uh, news, information, conversation, entertainment on the air. Make your gift right now at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And you can ask for the new WPR baseball cap. We haven't had a baseball cap in a while. And this is a light green color. It's got a really cool embroidered retro radio and, of course, the WPR branding. It's great for fall or, of course, any time. It'll show off your commitment to essential news and quality entertainment. So ask for yours when you give $15 a month or more at WPR. WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. Supporting Wisconsin Public Radio right now is a great thing to do with just a few minutes of your time. All we need is your name, contact info, how much you want to give, and how you'd like to pay. And your gift supports the stories and programs that keep you connected to the world. So much information. So give now at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. Be one of 500 people to help secure an additional $15,000 for Wisconsin Public Radio. A group of generous members have created this challenge to inspire your support of the programs that you and your entire community rely on. Your gift of any amount right now makes a difference at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And right now you can get that new WPR baseball cap. It's light green. It's got that cool retro embroidered radio and WPR branding on it. And you can get yours when you give $15 a month at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And you can wear your new hat with pride knowing you make the news and inspiration. We all rely on possible. Larry's been wearing his for quite some time. I saw that. I'm still (laughs) trying to figure out. Supposedly he got like a factory second or something. Is that the deal? Yes. I think it was like their sample or something and then Larry complained about the one he had had a hole in it. And so (laughs) I think if I wore out for his headphones because the man wears a hat when he has his headphones on. Yeah, he does do that. (laughs) It's really weird. (laughs) I don't, huh. Yes. I don't think I could do that. But it's a fine hat. And Larry has demonstrated that very well. Yeah, very much so. Get yours $15 a month or more. The WPR hat at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. By the way, if you're a sustaining member making ongoing monthly gifts, 
That is fantastic. Thank you. Think about making today the day you increase your support of WPR by five or 10 bucks a month, whatever amount you choose at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And you can be like Slade in Plover. Wow, that's a great name. Slade in Plover says, your excitement information morning programming ensures that I start my day outright. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you so much, Slade, for the kind words and that fantastic gift. Really do appreciate it. How about you? Think about how much Wisconsin Public Radio means to you and then make a gift in support of your future listening right now online at WPR.org or call 888-202-2552. And thanks so much for your support of Wisconsin Public Radio. This is Central Time. State Public Defender Kelly Thompson announced last month that she'd be stepping down from her post. She's leaving next Monday after 12 years leading the State Public Defender's office. She joins us now to talk about the role of public defenders and issues in the Wisconsin justice system. You can join in at 800-642-1234. Has this been part of your life? Have you used, worked with a public defender here in Wisconsin? What was that experience like? Do you work in the justice system? What are your thoughts on uh, how we do or don't support public defenders here in the state? Join in at 800-642-1234. That's 800-642-1234 or email ideas at WPR.org. Kelly Thompson is the outgoing Wisconsin State Public Defender. Kelly, thanks a lot for joining us today. Good afternoon, Robin. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. So I, I understand it was a tough decision. What led you to decide to leave the public defender's office? It was a very difficult decision for me because I love this job and I love the work. Um, I love the individuals that I get to work with every single day and I love uh, the co- the clients. Um, but at some point in time, I've been having lots of discussions with different people. This was not a this was not a snap decision. This is something that I've been thinking about for a long time. And it just, timing just seemed right. We'd finished a budget and we had a very successful budget for the agency. Um, I've been in the position, as you said, for a long time, and it's other people need an opportunity. We need to have other voices talking about these issues that I find to be critically important. I think we need to give other people an opportunity um, to bring their ideas forward and to to broaden those discussions. And in our agency, the way that we're set up, we're an independent executive branch agency. We start our budget process early, very, very early. And I thought the individual that was going to be um, leading the agency should be directly involved in those right from the get-go and should be leading those discussions. And so the timing just seemed right um, for all of those reasons. I think we may all have a vague sense of what uh, public defenders do. Can you flesh it out for us a little bit? What is the role of the public defender here in Wisconsin? Well, the public defender um, is critically important to the justice system. Those individuals are every single day in our courtrooms representing individuals who have been charged with a crime whose liberty interests are at stake. Um, And so those attorneys are zealous advocates. They're legal legal experts that, um, again, advocate for individuals who represent them. These are individuals who qualify for us. So we have a pretty stringent evaluation uh, process and form. And so if these individuals qualify for a public defender, then we represent that at all stages of that criminal of that criminal case. So that's talking with the client, working with the client, reviewing evidence, uh, meeting with the with the prosecutors, um, 
looking through all of the information that is there, going in and out of court, working again with that client, meeting with that client continuously to find out what is going on. Um, witnesses, getting witnesses. It's everything that you would think of in a criminal case. Now we represent the most of our cases are criminal cases, but we do represent in some uh, mental health type cases, mental commitment type cases, and um, in a couple of other areas. But other than that, really from the juveniles all the way through adults, anybody who's looking at a, a deprivation of liberty, um, a due process issue, an individual liberty issue, basically our constitutional rights, if you qualify, then our public defender will be representing you or a private attorney who, um, who takes our overflow and conflict cases. I've been hearing concerns, I think more than the 12 years you've been in the office, Kelly, that, you know, the State Public Defender's Office isn't uh, funded well enough. It doesn't have the staff or, or the compensation for those outside attorneys. How have you seen things change over the years? You know, this is something that we've worked really, really hard on, and it's something that we have not done um, on our own. And I think that's really important that in Wisconsin, we have a very adversarial court system when you're in the courtroom. But outside of that, we really can work together with our other justice partners. And so Wisconsin, um, our agency, along with uh, prosecutors, director of state courts, uh, Department of Justice, DOJ, um, have worked really closely together to um, to be able to be supportive of one another's budget items, not all of them, but a lot of the items, so that when we speak with policymakers, whether it's in the governor's office or in the legislature, we're all talking about the same issues, about what we're seeing, that resources are incredibly important um, in our justice system. And so what, what happens is um, we continue to work with these policymakers, and over the years, we have really seen some success. Um, in our in our budgets, and especially in this last budget, but we've seen other we've seen success along the way, and that success has come in the way of resources, and it's come in the way of increasing the rate that we pay private attorneys who take our conflict and overflow cases. It was an increase from the starting salary, both for public defenders and prosecutors, and it was an increase in salaries for individuals who are already on staff, both in public defender offices and prosecutor offices, so that we can retain um, staff. Because on both public defenders and the prosecutor side, we're really struggling with recruitment and retention because this work is, is difficult, uh, long hours, and you know we just have an extraordinarily um, overwhelmed criminal justice system. So this last budget was really important, and we saw support from both the governor's office and from the legislature. And I think it really is says a lot about this coalition that um, the justice system was not looked at in a political or partisan way. It was really looked at what we need um, for individuals that are not only um, involved directly in the criminal justice system, but their families and our communities. Kelly Thompson is with us, the outgoing Wisconsin State Public Defender, talking to us about her dozen-year tenure in that position. Coming up, we'll look at uh, wider issues in the criminal justice system. You can join in at 800-642-1234. If you have a question about the role of the public defender and experience maybe to share of your own, join in at 800-642-1234. That's 800-642-1234. We'll pick up the conversation coming up here on Central Time. This is Central Time. I'm Rob Ferret. We're talking with outgoing Wisconsin public defender Kelly Thompson about her time in that position, the state of the public defense system in Wisconsin's courts. You could join in at 800-642-1234 with your thoughts or your questions for our guest. We'll bring on a caller now. Jeff is with us in Madison. Jeff, hi. 
Hi. Um, I had a question about, I'm a retired uh, police officer. We would get requests from the prosecutors to find things in the report or collect more information. Public defenders do the same because I never remember anyone ever receiving a request from a public defender. Interesting, Jeff. Yeah, how does that work, Kelly? So we give the information in our discovery packets. If we have direct, if we would like additional information from the prosecutor, we definitely usually go right directly to the prosecutors. There's certainly some attorneys that might reach out to law enforcement to get additional information, but we have our own investigators. We have to be very careful that we don't become um, basically a conflict in our own cases, that we don't become a witness. So we have investigators that um, some of them are former uh, retired police officers. Um, and some are not, some have just a criminal justice background, but we use our own investigators then to go out and look for that additional information in the cases. Jeff, thanks for the call. And Jeff's uh, question, I think, uh, speaks to a concern, I think, in the criminal justice system, Kelly, that, you know, uh, the balance is weighted sometimes. People might uh, be concerned in the favor of the prosecution. They might have more uh, resources, uh, things like that. Is that a valid concern, do you think? Rob, you know, as I'm going out, I, 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 right now, the fair statement to say is we're all under-resourced. And I'm giving a lot of credit to, uh, to policymakers. They have been giving resources to everyone. Um, you know, the prosecution side has the burden of proof. So they have a lot of resources with um, law enforcement assisting them in all different capacities, you know, and obviously very well subject matter experts in those areas. And, you know, our job is to basically put the put the government to their test. I mean, they recognize that that's that is our job as public defenders, that we have to make sure that they can prove their case. Um, but our system, and it's not just in Wisconsin, this is nationwide, the entire criminal justice system is overwhelmed. You know, things that just even things that are considered very good. I mean, just think of nowadays with all technology that we have and all the opportunity to get, whether it's, you know, with transparency, all of the body cam and videos, someone has to review that. Um, and that's, you know, the public defender in those individual cases have to review all of that information. So, you know, just the amount of information that is involved in every single case is, it can be overwhelming and that can be overwhelming for everyone. So, um, you know, this is a system that we, uh, we always have to look at resources and where we put our resources. And Wisconsin, quite frankly, we're, you know, we're certainly ahead um, than other states, but this is an issue that everyone in the justice system, if you had a judge on right now, they would talk about resources. If you had a uh, prosecutor on, they would talk about resources. And as the public defender, I'm talking as well about resources. You know, it's at the local level, everybody really at a policy level really, I think, tries really hard to work together to try and solve big, broad issues. Um, but in those individual cases, it's just, it's a lot of work for everyone. And, you know, getting back to what I talked about in the budget, recruitment and retention on all of our sides is so critically important because when we don't have enough staff, um, you know, it puts that additional burden on other individuals within the office. And that is at some point in time, there's just not enough hours in the day for anyone. I want to touch on one of those wider, uh, bigger picture issues you mentioned, uh, and that's how many people should be incarcerated in, in prisons in Wisconsin and around the country. That number went way up from the 70s uh, over the next few decades, seems to be going down a little bit now. You've expressed some uh, thoughts on incarceration as part of our justice system, whether it's the best use of our resources. Uh, wondering if you could share some of your thoughts on that. 
I don't think it's the best use of our resources at all. I think that we, um, Wisconsin, we're, we have a strong economy. We're fortunate. We have, a, we're an older state. Um, we have low unemployment and we need employees. So if you're looking purely at a fiscal or an employee perspective, we need employees throughout our state. And a number of those individuals who could be potential workers, employees are sitting in cages around our state. So I, I think we overuse incarceration. I think everyone's trying to figure out how we can best use our resources. So again, I talked about those statewide coordinating council and those local coordinating councils, finding alternatives to incarceration is so significantly important. On the, I think on the front end, finding opportunities to keep people with their families and in the communities, because when we remove an individual from, from their family and the community, even for a short period of time in that and they're, they're basically their stability is so tenuous, um, whether it's because they have a part-time job or, or whatever happens to be going on at that point in time. When we remove them, we have destabilized that individual. We've destabilized their families and therefore we've destabilized the community. And we've not, we've not done what we were hoping or intending to do, which is public safety. Um, it is the criminal justice system is we've asked it to do too much. We're asking everyone, whether I don't care if you're a public defender, the prosecutor, Department of Corrections, Department of Justice, the courts, we've asked the criminal justice system to just do too much. And it is the most expensive and least effective way to um, handle so many of our mental health issues and our health care issues. And yet that's where so many of our individuals are, you know, that's where so, so many of these issues land is in the criminal justice system. So if this is a, you know, this is an area that I hope to continue to work on. I think we need to be proactive in finding alternatives. Again, I'm going to come back to recruitment and retention that is in every area and every field, um, having those healthcare experts, having mental health experts, substance abuse experts to do a lot of the front end um, work on this so that we can keep people again in their families, with their families, with their children, working and in their communities. I think that's everyone's goal. Um, but when you have a system like ours that's, that's just constantly moving forward and spinning and people are so so um, busy, it's hard to sit down and find some of those alternatives. We have some great people that are working on it. We really, really do. Um, we have a statewide coordinating council that's right now um, it's the Department of Corrections Secretary, as well as the Attorney General that co-chair, and then I sit on the executive committee, but a lot of different people from law enforcement to people in the communities to substance, um, uh, to subject matter experts, and everyone's looking for, for solutions. And we just have to continue that because that's, I think, what we need to do is look for other ways than incarcerating um, our, our brothers and our sisters and our mothers and our fathers and our children. Kelly, we'll leave it there. Thanks again for joining us today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's Kelly Thompson talking to us about her 12 years as the Wisconsin State Public Defender before she officially steps down for the job early next week. Now it's the Wisconsin Public Radio Fall Member Drive. Jill Nadeau is in the studio with me to raise the money that pays for the programs you enjoy, programs like this one. Support from people like you is the largest piece of funding for Wisconsin Public Radio programs. That's why your support is so important right now. You can make a gift at WPR.org or call 888-202-2552.
So be one of 500 people right now to help secure an additional $15,000 for WPR. A group of very generous members have created this challenge to inspire your pro- your support of the programs that you and our entire community rely on. Your participation right now is vital. You bring WPR one step closer to meeting this challenge. Give right now. Any amount really does make a difference at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And we just heard a really interesting interview with the uh, outgoing state public defender, Kelly Thompson, about her experience over the last 12 years and the problems of not enough staff. And and then her thoughts on uh, our incarceration rates, which was really interesting. You can't find that kind of interview very, very often. And, And these are the kind of conversations that you can count on from Wisconsin Public Radio. And Wisconsin Public Radio is listener supported. That means that your donation at WPR.org or 888-202-2552 makes these kind of conversations that you tune in for every day possible. Choose an amount that works for you and then make your gift. And what a great way to support WPR. You can become a sustaining member. And as a sustainer, you'll make ongoing monthly donations right from your bank account or credit card. A lot of people give 10 or $15 a month, you choose whatever amount is right for you. Become a sustainer right now at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And everything you hear on Wisconsin Public Radio is the result of thoughtful preparation. We do our homework so that you get the highest quality radio programs. Show your commitment to this quality. Commit now when you make your gift at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. Making some progress on our two-day challenge goal, looking to get 500 gifts today and tomorrow. We are now at 150. Thank you so much if you just gave and bumped that number. If not, there's still room for you to join in and uh, and get counted and help us hit that challenge. If we hit 500 gifts in two days, we get an additional $15,000 in this challenge from current members. That's really exciting. And you can also ask for the new WPR baseball cap when you give $15 a month or more. It's a retro embroidered radio and WPR branding right on the front. And this hat will let the world know that you value and support WPR programs. And it's yours when you give $15 a month at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. A great time to give. Help us meet that challenge. Grab a hat of your own and support great conversations. Make your gift right now online at WPR.org or call 888-202-2552 and thank you. This is Central Time. I'm Rob Ferret. Coming up, the Milwaukee Brewers are back in the playoffs, but already on the brink of elimination. We'll talk to a sports reporter about how the team got to this point and where they go from here. First, Jill Nadeau is with me in the studio for the Wisconsin Public Radio Fall Member Drive. Your gift right now is a big deal. That's because gifts from people like you are the largest source of funding for Wisconsin Public Radio programs. They sure are. And this program and all the shows that you enjoy are possible thanks to your support. So give now, WPR.org or 888-202-2552. Be one of 500 people to help secure an additional $15,000 for Wisconsin Public Radio. It's a, a challenge here from generous members. They say, hey, get 500 gifts over the course of these two days. And you'll secure this at additional 15000 bucks. It's a great way to encourage you to support your community 
to support this resource of Wisconsin Public Radio. $15,000 is a lot of money, so your participation mm-hmm. now is vital. You bring WPR one step closer to meeting this challenge, so give now, and any amount makes a difference. WPR.org or 888-202-2552. Maybe you found yourself thinking about something in a new way after you've listened to Wisconsin Public Radio. You could count on hearing a lot of different perspectives on these talk shows thanks to the producers who track down interesting and knowledgeable guests WPR is listener-supported. That means you make these eye-opening programs possible when you give at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And first, thank you for being a WPR listener because you're listening right now. We appreciate that. And thank you to everyone who's already a member. It's listener support, your support, that makes WPR an unparalleled resource in Wisconsin and beyond. Because WPR is your radio home. Support it right now. Make the news, discussions, and music possible with your first ever gift of 10 or $20 a month at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. This member drive asks for the new WPR baseball cap. This stylish light green hat isn't just another fashion accessory. It's a statement of your commitment to independent journalism and enriching entertainment. Where wouldn't I wear my WPR baseball cap? Backwards, sideways, frontways, all the ways. In the gardens, you keep the sun off of my face. Going out for a nice walk, trying to enjoy some of the great natural resources we have here in the state, while also showing support for one of the great information resources we have in Wisconsin. It's fashionable, it's functional, it's groovy. It's sexy. It's outrageous. I think a WPR baseball cap would be good any place where the sun is shining. I go to a lot of Brewers and Madison Mallards baseball games. It would fit right in with the rest of the crowd. Or really, just about anywhere. Wherever you go, wear your new hat with pride, knowing you make the essential public service we all rely on possible. Give $15 a month and ask for yours now. Here's how. Make that gift online at WPR.org or 888-202-2552 to make your donation during this fall member drive. Maybe pick up a hat of your own. Central Time, Rob Ferrett here with Jill Nadeau. The WPR programs you count on are possible thanks to your support. Your gift of $10 a month, $100 a month, whatever amount you choose, makes a difference for our entire community. And you know where I'm going to wear that hat? I don't know. Here at work. When I want to look cool, Rob. Yeah. That's right. Definitely. That's right. That's all the time. All the time. The little things we spend money on really add up. And maybe you buy a coffee or a bag of chips or whatever it is just to get you through the afternoon. You easily can spend $20 a month on small expenses, but they're an important part of your day. And so is listening to Wisconsin Public Radio. Like the money you spend on a well-deserved treat, make your gift of $20 a month now for programs that enrich your daily life at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. The people of Wisconsin have access to quality news, talk, and entertainment because 50,000 individuals and households choose to support WPR. Wisconsin Public Radio works on the honor system. Join this team effort with your gift right now of, say, $10 a month. You decide the amount, then make your gift at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. 
And be one of 500 people to help secure an additional $15,000 for WPR. A group of very generous members have created this challenge to inspire your support of the programs that you and your entire community rely on. Your gift of any amount makes a difference at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. Pick up the new WPR baseball cap. It's light green, has a retro embroidered radio, and it says Wisconsin Public Radio on it. Ask for yours and you give 15 bucks a month or more at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. Wear that hat with pride knowing you made Wisconsin Public Radio possible. And if you're a sustaining member making ongoing monthly gifts, thank you. Make today the day that you increase your support of WPR by 5 or maybe $10 a month. Whatever amount you choose, WPR.org or 888-202-2552. Wendy in Marine on St. Croix, Minnesota, says, I absolutely love talk radio from Wisconsin Public Radio. I'm a member of both MPR and WPR, but WPR is the best radio ever. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Wendy. How about you? Join in with your gift at WPR.org or 888-202-2552, and thank you. This is Central Time. I'm Rob Ferret. The Milwaukee Brewers are back in the playoffs after winning the National League Central Division for the second time in the last three years. But the postseason is off to a shaky start after they lost the first game of the wild card round against the Arizona Diamondbacks last night. Milwaukee now has to win the next two games in a row to advance out of the best of three series. It follows a regular season that had some tough stretches in the early summer months, but the team found a way to rally and go on a run. They'll need to do it again in order to stay alive in the playoffs. We're checking in on the Brewers' 2023 campaign and what's next for Wisconsin's favorite baseball team. J.R. Radcliffe is a trending sports reporter and host of the podcast Microbrew for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He's at the ballpark right now, but I talked to him earlier today. All right, before we get to the playoffs, let's talk about the road to the playoffs. Back in June, the Brewers uh, were at uh, 500 at one point, 34 and 34. No guarantee they're going to make the playoffs at all. How did they get here? I, probably just by staying the course, I guess. They, there weren't any sort of magic bullets there. They did have a couple things go their way that really helped them down the stretch. One was the return of Brandon Woodruff from injury, and uh, unfortunately for them, that mm-hmm. has uh, turned back into a problem for the postseason with Woodruff out for this round of the playoffs and and possibly longer. But but he was huge. I mean, he's he's one of their best, best players. He solidified them as one of the best pitching teams in the national league. And his return was, was, a, he was very effective right, right off the bat. Once he was, once he was healthy, they made a couple really nice moves at the trade deadline that, that bolstered areas where they were already weak. They got Mark Canna for an outfield that had been woefully underperforming and they got Carlos Santana for a, another spot on the field that had not done well. And that was first base. So they, they addressed their needs that way on offense, but it really was just sticking to kind of the plan that they've had. And that's to build around pitching and defense. They've got, in addition to Woodruff, they've got Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta, who are among the best starters in the National League. And they have the best defense uh, by many metrics, or at least a top three defense at the very least around baseball, depending on who you trust. And that turns good pitchers into great pitchers. Wade Miley, I think, is a great example. He's a pitcher who had a tremendous year. And I think if you look at the numbers, you can see where the defense really made that possible for him. So they they really just sort of doubled down on the, on the defensive side of the ball. They won a lot of close games and uh, and and just kind of kept piling up wins. They got they got hot in stretches offensively, and that was enough to uh, to pile up 92 wins by the end of the season. They made the playoffs uh, before last night's game. We'll get to that. Before that, what were kind of the peak hopes for the Brewers? I don't know that people were talking about them going all the way necessarily, but but what were the maybe more positive expectations? 
I think winning the division is something that at least midway through the season, you looked at what the NL Central was doing and figured they should win the division. They are they are arguably the best team in the division, and they proved it over the course of the season. They they, they deserve to win the division, and that's a, that's a nice feather in their cap. That does not happen every year in mm-hmm. Milwaukee. Uh, so so that was a really uh, a quality accomplishment. I do think winning a playoff series is kind of the bare minimum for for fans now. Now, three game series in in October, very random outcomes. Very, you know, it, it, there's very little science that will tell you how things work in the postseason. It doesn't matter how good a team you have. You got to get re- some really good breaks. A lot of things have to go your way, and, and sometimes it's hard to judge a whole season based on two games in October or three games in October. Unfortunately, right now they're staring down the barrel of of a pretty disappointing finish. People will remember the season, I guess as a positive in that I think 92 wins is probably a high end scenario, better case, one of the best case scenarios they could have come away with. But with this team, they've been to the playoffs several years in a row. I think fans have, have grown to expect at least competing for the playoffs really since 2017, they have competed down to the last week of the season at the very least, if not make the playoffs every single season. So Brewers fans are accustomed to that now. And they, you gotta go. You gotta go deeper. You gotta get into the D- division series at the very least, and and hopefully spring an upset and get to the championship series. That's when things really start to ratchet up. So less that, it's probably not going to be remembered as a very you know very successful season, which which is a little unfortunate because of the nature of baseball. But that's just kind of human nature, I suppose. Well, that takes us to last night's game. Uh, the breaks did not go the Brewers' way. Went up early, three to nothing. Lost six to three. Uh, what were the key things you saw that uh, that went wrong? Oh man, so many things went wrong. It was a really very rough game. Uh, they they actually hit the ball quite well offensively. They they made a lot of solid contact. They got a lot of guys on. They did not catch those guys in enough. And that has been a theme. This Brewers team does not hit a lot of home runs. And that is the type of thing that you you kind of don't want to have in the postseason. You want to have people who can who can mash because sometimes you know, pitchers are really good. They they the the guys who are used in relief are really good. You're going to need somebody to just run into a fastball and hit it out. And and this was a one-run game going into the ninth inning. It was four to three for a long stretch of that game. There just wasn't that big hit, that big home run, or a a hit with runners in scoring position. People get really wrapped up in runners in scoring position. I think that that particular stat is overblown. But when you don't hit for power, when you don't hit home runs and doubles and, and send the ball to the wall a lot, you don't cash in a lot of those. You don't cash in enough of those opportunities. So offensively, that has been a theme. But I would say they they did kind of their job on offense. What what we couldn't have anticipated was Corbin Burns having one of his worst outings of the year. He gave up just a tremendous amount of hard contact for him, allowed three home runs. That's a pretty rare thing for him. So he put the Brewers behind a little bit. They, they were up 3 nothing, and then uh, the Diamondbacks came out swinging the bats. They are not a home run hitting team, but they hit three of them against Burns, and that turned into a 4-3 game. And then Devin Williams, who is just a tremendous closer, might be the reliever of the year in the National League, absolutely one of the most reliable arms that the Brewers have had. He uh, struggled as well. He had a really bad ninth inning and ended up allowing two runs to give the Diamondbacks some insurance. So things that they normally count on did not go well. And then some of the things that we've seen all year also did not go well. Talking to J.R. Radcliffe with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel looking at the Milwaukee Brewers playoff hopes. Let's look at those hopes now, J.R. Uh, Game two and game three are going to both be lose and you're done for the season. A hypothetical game three, I should say. What would the Brewers need to do to turn things around against the Diamondbacks? Well, it's an uphill battle. And like I said before, baseball in this part of the season is very random. They could absolutely win these two games. And 
you you might even say that there's really no way to know for sure what what is going to happen. But here's why it looks like a tougher tougher job, and that's the two pitchers that the Diamondbacks have, Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, are very good. They have combined to face the Brewers four times this year, and they have owned the Brewers this year. They have had four very good starts. I think the Brewers even won one of those games, but they have had success. They're very good. Zach Gallen is a Cy Young candidate. He probably won't win it, but he's among the best pitchers in the National League. And even though the Brewers have some pitching to match, it's it's a stretch to imagine the offense really getting into gear where they can they can win these games. Certainly going away, maybe they squeak them out and they're close games or whatever. But the Brewers uh, the Brewers would need to have success against guys that they thus far have not had success against, and uh, that was a concern with the Diamondbacks as a matchup. The that they really offer the only of all the teams in this round of the playoffs. They're the really the only ones that offer that level of one two punch in the starting rotation. And the Brewers really needed game one because that was going to be the opportunity where they did not have to face either one of those guys. And sure enough, they jumped on the starter on Tuesday night. Brandon fought a rookie. They, they hit him. They, they hit, I think they got like seven or not seven between seven and nine hits. I'm not even sure it was, it was a mm-hmm. big number of hits within the first three innings and they just didn't win the game. So that was a really big loss, really missed opportunity, knowing that they're going to have an uphill battle against these two starters. Now, Zach Allen has not been necessarily as dominant down the stretch. You could see where he'd be a little hittable. Uh, Merrill Kelly, likewise, has had a couple rough outings, but uh, really only one rough outing in September. So he's he's probably the less, less likely to have a blow-up start, I guess, at this point. But either way, it's going to require the Brewers to do something pretty pretty spectacular to get through this round now. Now, looking to the future, a uh, big question mark surrounding uh, manager Craig Council last season of his contract. I, I understand there may be a job opening that any coach would be interested in in New York City. Uh, what are people watching for uh, with that coaching spot, whatever happens in the rest of the playoffs? <laughs> I mean, the, the biggest question of the offseason is whether or not Craig Council comes back. I don't uh, I don't think he will. I, I think we've seen enough of the breadcrumbs to know that, I mean, it. it if you hear Mark Adonazio or, or the front office say, tell it, it, it's completely up to him, which I believe to be the case. It, it's totally in his hands. He doesn't know for sure, or at least he hasn't revealed, certainly hasn't revealed publicly what he wants to do at the end of the season. He has said that he wants to take his time. It is a good time, I imagine, to step away. His uh, his youngest son just graduated from Whitefish Bay High School. He's got two sons now who are going to be playing Big Ten baseball. You get the sense that Craig Council's put in a lot of time. He's probably just a little exhausted with this. He's been manager since 2015. He's the longest tenured manager in the National League. And uh, you could you could see that he's ready for a break. I know a lot of people are worried about the New York Mets as a possible landing spot for him. David Stearns, former president of baseball operations here, who, of course, worked with Council for a long time, is now working for the Mets. I, I can't rule that out. I mean, I, I don't have any insight to, to know for sure if that's never going to happen. Uh, it could. It could very well happen. It would be a very high profile, really, I mean, step up in, in profile, certainly. Um, I don't believe that's where we're headed. I think he's legitimately interested in just a little time away. Um, I think if he's not manager of the Brewers, he probably won't be manager anywhere else. But again, I, I truly don't know. There's a lot of mystery around this, and it would be a huge loss. He's been a really big asset for the Brewers. He seems to have, you know, understandably a deep connection to this organization. He's He's been part of it since he was a young kid. And uh, I, I think he feels a, a real sense of ownership and, and stewardship for this organization and has done a tremendous job. And he will be missed if he's gone. But it, it, I think it will be an attractive job. The Brewers are not going to take a huge step back. They're going to be competitive for the next few years. They've got a very good farm system now and some really interesting prospects going forward. So I do think they're going to have a list of pretty, uh, you know, pretty quality candidates that would want this job. 
JR, as we wrap up, you mentioned earlier that you know you don't want to see the Brewers season be judged completely on a, a playoff loss, even if they exit early. You wrote a piece sharing a lot of uh, high points, great moments of the Brewers regular season. Big picture, you're making the case, I think, that the Brewers as a baseball team brought a lot of joy this season, and that's worth remembering. Of course. I mean, every season is going to have really great moments and and it you know i don't want to be the, this happens with the packers a lot well well if you were around in the 80s you would know what it's like to suffer through long stretches and i'm just like yeah you might be right i don't know but the brewers are in a different place now than where they were in 2008 you know when when cc sabathia carried that team into the playoffs and ryan braun hit the big home run they hadn't been to the playoffs in 26 years i mean that was such a joy just to be there just to experience the highs of that season and, and to get there that was 15 years ago they go to the playoffs almost every year now. The playoffs have expanded, made it easier for a team like Milwaukee. They do make the most, I would say, of their market size. They they are able to succeed even without bankrolling a, a top-tier payroll. And, and whether or not you agree that that's the way they should be handling things or the, the ownership team should be handling things, I, I don't know. But, you know, they're they have reached a different threshold. It's not simply about having a really fun regular season. It's about what comes after. So I, I do understand why fans are going to be a little down in the dumps if this if this goes south but uh th- there is something to be said for this is a different different experience than what you had in the 90s when you were just you know you were just hoping to, to have some fun players to root for i mean they, they are a 90 win team almost perennially 80 86 to 90 wins almost perennially that's a very nice place to be and that's going to come with a lot of great moments during the course of the season jr thanks a lot for joining us again absolutely anytime That's J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, with us today to look at the Milwaukee Brewers' run to the playoffs and their shaky start to the postseason. They play game two of the wild card round against the Arizona Diamondbacks tonight at 6. Now Jill Nadeau is with me for the Wisconsin Public Radio Fall Member Drive. Our goal is to keep bringing you topics like that look at the Brewers' prospects, catching you up on what's at stake there. Your support makes it happen because listener support is the largest source of funding for WPR programs. Give now. Any amount makes a difference at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. Jill, we're looking to uh, run up the score here ourselves, right? (laughs) We are very much so. Nice transition. We want to get five people to help secure an additional $15,000 for WPR. And that's because of a group of generous members who've created this challenge to inspire your support of the programs that you and your entire community rely on. We're doing this uh, today and tomorrow. We just crossed 160 gifts now. We can get there, but we have to stay on pace. That means we need you uh, as we go into extra innings on this uh, Wednesday to make your contribution right now. Your participation now is vital. Give any amount counts toward that at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And you just heard Rob and his guest hit it out of the park. with ah. a gr- <laughs> We're going to continue this, people. Um, it was a great informational segment in that I'm not a huge bas- baseball fan, but, you know, they're in the playoffs. But it's nice to learn a little bit about how they got there, what we can expect. And it just makes watching the game a little bit more fun when you know all of this inside information and you get that that kind of stuff right here at WPR. Those are the kind of conversations that you can count on from us.
WPR is listener supported. That means your gift at WPR.org or 888-202-2552 makes all these topics you tune in for every day possible. Choose the amount that works for you and then make your gift. The WPR baseball cap, speaking of baseball, will be your new go-to for keeping the sun out of your face or covering up a bad hair day, or as Larry said, covering up a no hair day. (laughs) It's available when you give $15 a month or more in support of the WPR programs that we all rely on. So make your gift now and ask for yours. WPR.org or call 888-202-2552. I have a husband and three sons, and we're all very avid listeners. We feel that Wisconsin Public Radio provides objective and informative information about what's going on in the community. It certainly is a station where you can call in and you know that for sure that if you have an opposing viewpoint that it's going to be broadcast because this is public radio. I'm Joan Rudnitsky and Wisconsin Public Radio is my source for objective information and entertainment. You can support your source for information and entertainment at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. During this fall member drive, Jill Nadeau is here with me. Listener support is the biggest source of funding for your favorite WPR programs. Your gift, $10 a month, $100 a month, whatever you give uh, has an important impact. You know, you first joined the WPR community as a listener, tuning in every day. And after a while, you know, it's time to join the community as a donor. Funding the great programs on WPR is a group effort. That's how it works. We do it all together, one gift at a time, one dollar at a time. If you've never given before, it's a great time to start with a donation of maybe $5 a month or a $100 one-shot donation, whatever works for you. And when you do it now, you help us meet this uh, 500 gift two-day challenge, unlock an extra or $15,000. Great time to give. Make your gift at WPR.org or call 888-202-2552 and thank you.